Yeah, well, it go it goes back to <laughs> making the same decisions. The fact that you are leadership, you are impacting customers, employees, stakeholders of your company. Mm-hmm. And if the decisions that are being made up at the top levels of the organization are not aligned, you know, based off of behavior coming out of the same mission, vision, values that everybody is supposed to have or following, and you get chaos, you got infighting against each other, fighting for resources, you know, not playing from the same playbook, strategy of the organization, and so forth. It it becomes a mess. Right. And then you might be incentivizing the wrong behavior. And you then it becomes a cancer. You have a mission, vision, values, why of an organization, and then you put incentives in place that incentivize a behavior that's not in line with those items. Right. What makes you think you're going to get a desired result? Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Generate Your Value podcast. We're so happy that you joined us today, that you took the time to tune in and see what what Mr. Zach and I have to say. Hello, Zach. How are you? Well, well, happy to be here on a finally, again, sunny fall day in the Southeast. We actually had a sweater on. I know. At one point. As we were talking, we both love, love sweater weather and it's about time that it showed up, right? Right. But here we end, here we are digressing about the weather again. Anyway, today we're going to start a two-part series on this word that gets thrown around a lot called culture. Corporate culture, business culture, team culture. You know, when we when we talk about business, there are a lot of areas that you you throw out there in terms of its name and it's like yeah, I understand that. You can easily put it in a box whether it's finance or marketing or production or processes or whatever, people can get their head wrapped around it. But when it comes to this word culture, it's like this blob. It's like this nebulous thing, the term that everybody likes to throw out there, but you could probably find a hundred different definitions of what culture is in a company or a business or an organization. 
So we thought we today we're going to throw culture in the middle and put a magnifying glass to it. And we're going to do it from the angle of the leadership or the executive or ownership bias, if you will, towards culture. And then next week, we're going to flip it around and look at it from an employee type perspective, because I think you come up with a very different list of what, what the word culture means to them. So we thought we'd bring both viewpoints in a couple of weeks in an episode. What do you think about that? I think it's a great approach because this is something that's, I mean, this topic is, I feel like it's talked about or touched on, but never really well understood. But you can tell when, when an organization or company does actually understand what it means um, to build a culture and the elements that go into it, mm-hmm. it, it's, they're basically playing in another league. Yeah, it's like a piece of clay, right? You can right. you can sit there and press your thumbs into it and form it and put it into different shapes or whatever. But what's the true or best shape? Right. I, I don't know that there's one set standard. I think what industry you con- you're in comes into play into it. What country and culture you're in comes into it. Just a lot of different dynamics that affect it that you just can't go to a store and buy it in a box per se and bring it into the company and here's our culture. So I found a great article from um, a website called uh, Liberty Minds. It's out of the UK that had a good list of, from a leadership, looking at it from a leadership perspective, eight or nine components that I think define culture pretty well or things that you need to look at from a leadership or, or business ownership perspective and defining what culture is in your in your organization. So once you kick us off, Zach, with number one, it's probably the most obvious one, right? I mean, it's it's really where it all begins. So vision and values, and there's a proverb, I believe, that without vision, people shall perish, right? And we can apply that here to business or a business culture or corporate culture in the fact that we've got to have our vision, we always talk about start with why, mm-hmm. right? So for your company, again, depending on what industry you're in, everything like that, what is, what's your why? What is your mission? It's really the foundation of it, right? Right. The, the rest of the parts are kind of nebulous, but this one's pretty Right. This is that concrete slab. Yeah. Right. You either believe in this stuff or you don't. Right. And if you don't, then you need to go work for a different organization. Right. Um, and you listen to any great business leader that speaks about the, the golden days or the beginning days of their company, they said, you know, they all have one thing in common. I had a vision to do X, Y, or Z, right? Something specific that they wanted to achieve through building that business. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, figuring out exactly what kind of impact that that why is going to make? Who's it going to benefit? Who's winning out of this? Who's aligning with it? Right. So, I mean, one example, companies got to, can't just win for themselves, but win for the consumer and win really for every lateral party involved. Yeah, for the customers, for the employees, for the community that surrounds the 
business, you know, right. you're looking for the win, 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 you know, right. And on how many stakeholders that you have in the organization is going to set the tone for what are the key elements that need to be in our culture. Right. And mission, vision, values are all key components. If somebody's not going to align with your culture, this is going to be the item that most likely is going to be the the cross that's born, so to speak. To say no, sorry, I can't, can't buy into this, and therefore I'm out. Right. All right. Number two is sort of the way the the company or the organization operates. So how do they do things? How do they execute on their processes? How are their decisions made? Are all the decisions made at the very top? Are the decisions made at the very bottom, you know, customer facing? Are they made across the organization where you sort of have a consensus kind of decision making environment? What is, from that standpoint? This well, is this is probably the second biggest one behind mission, vision, values. And I've always just simplified this to, you know, developing effective systems like we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Right. In the article, it gives a few examples about, you know, recruiting, training, onboarding, offboarding, et cetera, and having basically a, a play that you run for each one of those and having that defined, having a defined playbook, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it's not only how, how the decisions are made, it's who has input right. into the decision making. Is it all at the top where business owner or the CEO, whatever, right. just does whatever they want, doesn't take any input from anybody else. Or, is it a democracy? Is it an autocracy? Right. <laughs> right. Huge is there piece a board, of the culture. Right. So, and then flowing right along with that, this one is absolutely huge is communication. Mm-hmm. Right. And something I've learned in business for myself is, in, in relationships as well. We both know that communication is key. Right. Right. One of the things I've always practiced when training new people, when onboarding new people, is making sure that they understand that, one, there's got to be an open line of communication and communicating each other's expectations. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's going to allow you to kind of circle back on a couple of things that allows you to see, are they going to align with, with your vision, with your values, with your why. Yeah, right. so there's there's a starting point of, is there any communication, period? doesn't matter yeah. what the content of the communication is, is there communication? Then on top of that is, is the communication respected? Is it intelligent? Is it asked for? Is it garnered? Is it? Only flows one way, mm-hmm. and nothing goes back up from the bottom to the organization. Or is it a two-way conversation? Is it a respectful conversation? You know, is it valued? Which I, I guarantee you that'll be in next week's episode. Right. Looking at it from employee perspective, is is my ideas, is my communication valued and respected and used as an input in decision-making? Right. I know we've hit on that topic in a few other episodes as well, different styles of leadership, things mm-hmm. like that too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely feel like that will be a huge one next week. Next one should be pretty obvious. Well, 
of course. Um, Particularly since we're looking at it from this viewpoint, right? Right. So the leadership you put in place, whether it's yourself as the business owner, the CEO, management, and we've talked about this in former episodes, especially our leadership episode. Leadership can be 360. It can be lateral. It can be vertical. It can be Mm -hmm. upside down, (laughs) right? So leadership doesn't always mean the people at the top, but in this context, it definitely does. Um, Just saying that the people that have the titles of leadership should be living out that vision. They should be a role model of the values of the company. Yes. And it should all be aligned. Right. So it doesn't matter whether you're looking at, if you're in a corporation, if you're looking at the executive vice president of finance or the senior vice president of production or operations, et cetera, across the board, no matter who you look at, they're all modeling and behaving behind the vision and values of the company. Right. That's the ultimate best spot that you can be in. Well, like we, everybody else is going to fall in line behind that. Like we talked about in system of systems, right? The human body, if we mm-hmm. look at a business like the human body, the human body says, well, I want to walk from here to the coffee pot to get some coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, the brain has the same goal as the foot, as the hands, as, you know. Right. And it's got to be the same thing. The leadership has got to be connected to, if you will, the brain and act accordingly. Yeah, well, if, if you will, the executive team of the body right. exists up in the brain. Right. And all, all parts of the brain are acting together for that same mission. And everybody else, the whole rest of the body falls in line to make that happen, right? Right. So I'd say as, you know, when you have an established culture, especially if you're promoting or from within or hiring from without, right? You've got to make sure that leadership is 100% bought into, bought into the why and the, the culture, the vision as well. Because if not, it's going to undermine your culture. Yeah, well, it go, it goes back to <laughs> making the same decisions. The fact that you are leadership, you are impacting customers, employees, stakeholders of your company. Mm-hmm. And if the decisions that are being made up at the top levels of the organization are not aligned, you know, based off of behavior coming out of the same mission, vision, values that everybody is supposed to have or following. And you get chaos, you got infighting against each other, fighting for resources, you know, not playing from the same playbook, strategy of the organization and so forth. It it becomes a mess. Right. And then you might be incentivizing the wrong behavior. And you then it becomes a, a cancer. You have a mission, vision, values, why of an organization, and then you put incentives in place that incentivize a behavior that's not in line with those items. Right. What makes you think you're going to get a desired result then? Mm -hmm. So leadership, leadership is a big part of culture. And once again, next week, we'll see that come out to play in the optics coming from an employee perspective. That's why you see successful teams or successful companies spend so much intimate time with their leadership, right? Leadership Mm -hmm. retreats or leadership meetings or trips, whatever it may be. And 
you know, if, if I rewind to when I was on the low end of the totem pole in the corporate world, I'd see these leaders get taken out to, or my bosses or bosses, bosses get taken to these, you know, hunting trips or all these things. And I'm like, the heck, we're the ones doing the work. Mm-hmm. It's because they're making sure they're bought in the culture. It's making sure that they're tied to the team and the why of the team. Because otherwise, what are they going to tell us? Yeah, it's just, right. it, it really really depends on the agenda of the yeah. other retreats. Having been on some of those, <laughs> I can tell you some, some were aligned in doing that and some weren't. Well, yeah, again, it goes back to what's, what's the culture of the company, mm-hmm. right? And as I moved up, I got to enjoy a few of those. And with the corporate company I was with, it was definitely apparent that they were trying to ensure that the culture mate stayed true even outside of the workplace. So with that, moving on to my, this is actually one of my favorites being in the business we're in is, is recognition. Mm-hmm. And I joke with a lot of people when I'm talking with them about recognition. I say, you know, for a lot of people in their corporate careers, they feel like the only time they get recognized is when they do something wrong. Or a certain number of years on the job. Right. It's just a timeline. Right. Congratulations, you survived 18 years for the company. (laughs) Here's a plate, right? Yeah, here's a plaque you can put on the wall or a certificate you can frame. Or here's a $200 bonus or, you know, something that in the big scheme of things is so insignificant, right? And... You know, very, very dynamic business leader. You know, he's been featured on many things, but Art Williams, right? You know, I've talked many times about him. One of my favorite things that he always says is treat everybody in your organization like they have a sign on their chest that says, make me feel special. Mm-hmm. Recognize everything they do, especially the good stuff. Right? So recognition's not always about extra money. It's not always necessarily about something expensive, right? I I know I used a small bonus as an example that may be insignificant, but I mean, if you make it personal and make somebody truly feel special, and the biggest thing is making it personal, not just a generic award, here you go, congratulations, but really making it meaningful. A lot of times, a t-shirt or a hoodie, (laughs) I've seen people get completely excited because Outside of just giving them that, they were made special and put on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. So recognition doesn't have to be anything big, fancy, and expensive. It can just be something super personal and and deep. Yeah, and it's part of the reason why I I say be a life coach instead of a boss, right? Mm -hmm. So an employee of yours comes into your office and you have a conversation about a business situation. And you have the opportunity to thank them for some, for some things, right? It might just be something as simple as, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Mm-hmm. That's pretty plain Jane, brown bag, if you will. But you could make it into something else to say, you know, Jane, I really appreciate how you treat things. You know, I I know and trust 
that if you see something that doesn't look right, that you're going to come into my office and tell me about it. Even if in the end it is right and it's not a problem, just the very nature of the fact you have concern about it, you come in, you think it's best for the team, you tell me straightforward, we have a respectful conversation about it, and at the end we make a decision about it, and then we move on. I mean, how how many times do you think that kind of conversation happens on a daily basis in a company? For most, that's I'd, a culture item. That's right. that 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 that's a leadership within that team kind of culture, and hopefully, that's something that the higher ups in the company are reinforcing with their middle management and so forth. Is don't don't be afraid to call out somebody. I'm, it's like the dating world. Take a woman out on a date. Instead of making a comp- compliment about some part of their appearance, you make a compliment that's not often heard about their smile or the way they laugh or their approach to life or how they talk about a particular subject or mm-hmm. something that is not obvious, right? How, how can you be that way with an employee and thank them or express your appreciation for something that's not obvious and right in front of your face. Right. That it's going to make them walk out of the office and with that big smile on their face going, wow, he really know he was paying attention and really noticed that about me. That's the kind of recognition that people are looking for. Right. I mean, I'm sure that would, that will pop up on the employee conversation as well. Right. Mm -hmm. It's making them feel special. And again, we're having a conversation about how to build a good culture. That's got to be ingrained in your culture. It can't be a one off. It's got to be intentional and just part of the organization on every level. It's analogous to saying it needs to be your lifestyle. Right. You know, which has a connotation of something that you do every single day. That's how you live your life. Right. That's. Deep in the how and the why, how, what of your life or your organization is this is how we do it. This is where culture sits in the why, how, what is in the how right aspect of it. This is how we live our lives. This is how we do do this job or do this business. This is where culture squarely sits. All right, how about the next item? This is one of my favorites. Right? By all means. You know, learning and development. But what are you doing to build people? Mm. Right? People ask me what I do. I say I build businesses and I build people. Well, <laughs> it's squarely on this item, right? Is right. We're here on this earth to learn. So how are, we, how are we facilitating that within a business or a company or in life? To have that growth mindset as that growth mindset is as part of the culture, not as part of an individual, but as a part of a culture is to say, we as a group of employees or people within this company don't know everything in life. So we're just going to have a culture and a mindset that we're all going to grow together and learn together. And what is it? about the individual, the employee that's sitting on the other side of the table from you as a, as a leader 
where they want to go in life, where are the areas they need to grow in, and are you helping to facilitate that? Are you recognizing that? Are you understanding it? And are you actually doing something about it? I think it's an undervalued part of culture. Okay. And then next point, I could talk about this one all day as well, but the environment, right? Especially in a changing world. Dealing with it head on with the whole pandemic. Right. Because I use our business, for example, here. We used to, you know, have everybody come into the office, you know, have, you know, in-person, you know, music going before we sat down just to get some energy in the room, things Mm -hmm. like that. And then all of a sudden, oh, you have to shut down your office. And so we go to Zoom, right? Right. And. Like the rest of the world. Yeah. I mean, everybody's experiencing this, so it's not unique. But you've seen a lot of companies have to figure out how do we establish an environment, a growth environment that aligns with our culture when we're looking at each other through a screen, when we've got the Brady Bunch of our colleagues staring Mm -hmm. back at us. Mm -hmm. Right. But like I was saying, a lot of people think, oh, working environment. So we're going to have this nice office. It's going to be nicely decorated. And yeah, the, you know, the, the setup of the room, the aesthetics, they do matter because you feel a lot better working in a nice, bright, happy looking office than you do what looks like a prison cell, mm-hmm. right? But when we're talking about environment, it's more of, you know, especially from a leadership perspective, when you, when you've got to be the the thermostat in the room instead of the thermometer. You've got to set the environment. You've got to set the energy, right? So when you're, when you're seeing people that are working under you, if you're in management or in your business, if you're ownership, are you on, right? Are, are you excited to see them to light up their day so that you're leading the environment from the front as well? Just talking about that from a leadership perspective. Yeah, but I think when you look on this list and the impact that one item on this list has on the other items of the list, this one has a huge impact, right? Across the board. So mission, vision, values. What are you doing with your environment to support Mm -hmm. those? Communication. What are you doing with your environment to help facilitate what you want to have happen in communication? Learning and development. Do you have areas in your environment for that to be the sole focus or purpose. Operations and how you make decisions. Are you sticking everybody in cubicles that have walls that are six, seven feet tall? You can't see each other, right? And it's about nose to the grindstone and that's the culture you want. Or yes, people have desks in sort of a cubicle kind of environment, but the walls only go up one or two feet above the desk level, you can see each other, talk to each other, collaborate together over a particular item that you're working on. Do you have dedicated areas where people can be in cubicles, but then they can go to meeting rooms or an area with four beanbags that they can sit in and talk about, have sort of a mini meeting, talk about a particular item. I mean, the list could go on and on, but 
this one out of the whole list, I think, has an ability to influence and impact a whole lot of the others that are on the list. And I don't know that A, people recognize that, and B, put a lot of thought into it, right? Yeah, I need an office. I need, I need a building. It's got three offices for three liters and a bunch of cubicles in it, and I'm good to go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might not get what you want, but yeah, it's functional in nature, but are you looking at the more emotional or more esoteric, if you will, items of your environment and how that might impact your culture. All right. Next one on the list, I guarantee you will be talked about next week. Yeah. You sure? <laughs> this one's not all that important, right? No. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're laughing because it's pay and benefits, right? <laughs> kind of it's, the reason we work. It's well, it's the, it's the necessary item of the reason why we, Seek employment, right? Right. It's to pay and benefits. But if we're looking at it from a leadership lens perspective, it's has more to do with things of retaining good talent. Are you competitive on the pay scales out in industry that you're attracting good talent? Are you making yourself attractive at all? Right. Is there equity in positions across the board equity in your positions? You know, uh, people that have the same title and do the same level of work all have this have the same pay level regardless yeah. of gender, religious position, or anything of that nature, right? Because, you know, used to there was a corporate culture of – and this article points this out very well. And I actually like that culture has shifted away from what it used to be where, oh, you don't talk about money. You don't discuss how much you make, mm-hmm. especially with your coworkers. Nobody right. knows. Why in the heck would they do that? Because they're paying Joe 70 grand a year and they're paying Sally 40 grand a year to do the same job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that, you know, there's more freedom of information, right? Somebody can go on Indeed and see what the average pay is offered for their position elsewhere mm-hmm. to see if you are competitive. They can see, okay. I'm going to go talk to Joe and we're going to, you know, arrange a meeting and we're just going to talk and see, see where we are. That can happen. And so ensuring that the pay from a leadership perspective, ensuring that pay benefits is equitable between positions, right? That again, like you said, they're competitive in the marketplace so that you're retaining good talent is ultra important and should be part of an ingrained culture. There should be you know, the benefit, here's exactly what we're going to provide. That should almost be part of a mission statement, right? And it's so true, and I've never really even thought about this phraseology, but this article puts it in that figuring out the pay and benefits basically for a lot of organizations is their Achilles heel. Because you mess that up, you lose good employees, there's potential lawsuits, Right. Well, number number one reason um, people leave an organization is because their relationship with their leader or right. boss. But I, paying benefits probably comes in number two or number three. Right. Right behind it. And maybe because they've got employees got higher or loftier goals, mm-hmm. and what you're offering is not necessarily bad. They just have at a higher level. They've got 
career goals or something and they're moving on to another organization where they think they can get stronger skills or higher titles or you know maybe higher pay and so forth right i think it's my own personal opinion this issue of paying benefits is more of an issue for when a employee comes into the organization mm. than it is when they go out. It's about bringing them in and retaining them. Right. Because typically, if they leave, it's going to be another issue like the relationship with the boss or career goals or something of that nature that they're going to leave voluntarily. I'm right. not talking about involuntarily. <laughs> here. We're talking about voluntary. Different leave. story. It's the employee's decision to leave. All right. And last but not least, well-being, right? Which? Mental health, physical health, stress levels, realistic goals. This is sort of the things that we're throwing in the pile when we say well-being. Which, especially in the corporate workplace, this used to not even be a conversation. I don't think, you know, that hardcore, think of the office space work environment, right? <laughs> well, I don't think companies sort of diversified or competed with this thing. I think it was a societ societal. It was a societal shift. Thing. Cause, well, I mean, you look at society as a whole now, and we're a lot more focused on mental health and well-being mm -hmm. and really overall health, right? And that has ingrained itself into the workplace now. And so it's not just about okay, well, you're 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 getting your job done great. That's all we need you for, but a lot of companies are using mental health days or you know, quiet spaces in the workplace, things like that as selling points. Nap time. Right. We have a nap room and you can go take a 20 minute nap, power I nap. I think that's an amazing idea and implementation. <laughs> when, I, when I was at Boeing, we had a resource available that would come into our office. They were located in a different city, but they'd fly in and look at everybody's workstation and look at chair height, position the keyboards, monitors, everything, positionally in people's cubicles or offices for ways to improve for the well-being of the employee. You, you would probably only see that in, in the bigger corporations that had the money to be able to afford that kind of focus, if you will, very specific, detailed job within the company. But right. they took it seriously enough to put a team like that together that would fly around the country and do that analysis for leaders. I thought that was pretty cool. And then you also get, I mean, other ways you can implement this into, in, into being part of the culture. I know a lot of companies, I mean, for example, you drive past the NCR building in Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm. Through their windows, you can see their office gym. They have a gym at the office. Mm -hmm. Right. You have that kind of thing. I know um, back when I was in the fitness industry that I'd had, I had a couple of corporate clients that we'd go do group training at their office. They had a room set up for it to, I've known companies that do yoga and that kind of thing to encourage the well-being of their, of their 
employees. But Boeing has a leadership center in St. Louis set up like a mini resort area or hotel. But they, they've got you in training classes and whatever with, with a large group of people that's intensely focused for a number of hours during the day that when, when you finished up at the end of the day, you were worn out. You were mentally, emotionally worn out from all the discussion, but they gave you incentives to hit the gym, take a yoga class, try it out. They had a first-rate cafeteria, dining hall, some incredible food. You know, it's all centered around this well-being mm-hmm. piece to say, hey, we recognize that we're condensing a lot of materials in a short number of days so you can get back to your job quickly. But that takes a mental toll, and we're going to do other things in the leadership center to sort of help counteract that. Right. And have you leaving in a, in a much better spot than just putting you through the ringer for two or three days and you're going back to the office just absolutely exhausted and then you don't want to come back, right? I used to always look forward to those trips because I knew I was going to get great meals. I was going to be able to hit the gym, meet new people in the organization that I probably would never meet mm-hmm. again, get to know them a little bit, maybe do some networking from that perspective. You know, you're like, okay, I have this need in, on the team or in the job. And like, oh, I remember meeting Joe over at the Boeing Leadership Center and they do something like this or had an experience like this. I want to call him or her up and pick their brain on this and see if they know of something I could draw from within the company to help me out. You know, so it was a great networking tool as well. Yep, I always enjoy my time there. All right, last point I want to make. You can have a culture within a culture within a culture. So, so, so what do I mean by that? A culture of cultures, if you will. Yeah, sort of like the system of systems kind of thing, right? You can have a corporate culture. You can have a divisional culture. You can have a team culture. You can have an office culture. Hmm. You know, so there's different ways you can slice and dice this thing. It's not just sort of a one-all, it's all or nothing. You, you have an ability as a leader within a, within a company to have a team culture that may be mm-hmm. different than what – you still want to have it aligned with the bigger picture of the company, but you have an opportunity to make a slight changes or slight differences in how you want to r- run your team and create a team culture that can still exist inside the bigger picture of the company. And have it still aligned with the mission, vision, values of the company. I know I try to do that with my my teams in, within Boeing. I ha- I had the benefit that I wasn't in sort of divisional headquarters or corporate headquarters. It gave me a little bit more flexibility in my ability to change or create a culture within the team because we were somewhat isolated here in Atlanta versus being in the bigger offices where you have more influence from other teams or other leaders that may override what you're trying to accomplish with your culture of your own team. But just something to think about. Don't, don't give up just because the, the bigger culture is one way. You know, you have an opportunity to try and create a culture that's different. Well, again, leadership, 
can come from any direction, right? We talked about that, but, mm-hmm. but with that establishing a culture, cause I've seen it where businesses have run and just run. Yeah. They had a system, but not a culture. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. what do we say about that? Culture, culture, eat strategy for lunch, for lunch. Right. Yes. And so, you know, we hope as always that y'all find value in our conversation today around from a leadership perspective, what that company or corporate culture looks like and what an effective one, you know, some of the elements of an effective one and that it does allow you to go generate more value through what you do in this world and why you do it. Yeah. At the very least I'd hope with this list, it give you some areas that you need to be paying attention to. If you're going to be intentional about creating a certain culture, you know, you have an end result of a culture that you want. This would be a good list of things to be paying attention to on a regular basis to sort of help create this culture within your organization. Mm-hmm. But you got to be intentional about it. Uh, otherwise, just like our rubber dinghy, right, the, the, world, the world is going to create that culture and mm-hmm. sort of push you around, so to speak, because you're not being intentional and thinking about and being introspective about a, what kind of culture you want, and B, what things are you doing to try and create that or enable that kind of culture to exist in your organization? Right. All right. So I think that was a good discussion. I agree. We'll, we'll continue it next week. We'll take that magnifying glass and move it 180 degrees instead of sort of looking down, so to speak. We're going to look up, so to speak. Put the shoes on the other feet. Put the shoes, shoes on the other feet and take a look at culture from that angle and see what what differences we see so we greatly appreciate you tuning in today hoping that once again we've generated some value in your life and your skill set and the way you look at life the way you look at your business and if we did what we would hope that you would do what zach help us generate more value so first of all so you don't miss an episode when it drops Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We prefer to call it follow, but want to make sure you find the right place. Mm -hmm. And then possibly, you know, write the uh, platform that you're on and ask them to change the spelling of that. (laughs) But um, Good luck with that. (laughs) Hey, hey, there's power in numbers. Yeah. But then also, there's also the share button. If you found value in the episode today or any Mm -hmm. of our episodes, and you think of somebody who would also find value in the time spent with us, Send the link over to them, and that way we can continue to compound value that we generate. Yeah, so make an effort to describe, list out the episode, and actually be able to play the episode from social media. Generate your values on all the four major platforms. If you like the episode, you have an easy way to share it, whether it be Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever it may be. Share it with your network in hopes that we have an ability to generate value in their lives as well. So that being said, we hope you have a great week, great day today, and uh, we'll see you next time on an episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur 
Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world. Thank you.